This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line podcast network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. talk about opportunities all the time. Hey, what a great opportunity team for us to do this, us to do that. Well, once again, you find yourself on the four-letter network, not on ESPN2, not on the SEC network, but ESPN as you take on South Carolina directly after college game day this weekend. Big audience for people to watch. KJ Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, Bumper Pool, and the rest of your football team as they'll take on, again, South Carolina tomorrow. I know everyone's excited. It's a football Friday. Tommy, we're excited, too, this morning. I can't wait for another home game. I know a lot of people are uh, you know, revved up for the weekend plans. It's Football Friday, brought to you by Burton Pools and Spas. Nothing says relaxation better than warm, bubbly water and a jet massage on your back. Then a hot tub from Burton Pools and Spas. The truckload of savings event is the perfect time to kick off fall, and they can deliver one to you with savings right now up to $4,900 and low easy payments as low as $80 per month. It's at Burton Pools and Spas, Springdale, and in Fort Smith, a truckload of savings event. Here on a football Friday, stop in and see them or online at burtonpools.com. We like to look ahead, and when you look ahead... In two weeks, Arkansas and Texas A&M has a great shot of being either the CBS 230 game or the ESPN 6 o'clock game. Tennessee, Florida is going to have a lot to do with that. Tennessee going up to Pittsburgh, Florida hosting Kentucky. If they both win, they're likely going to be that CBS game. But you're going to have a chance 
in three of your first four games to be on a nationally televised station, either on CBS or ESPN. I would guess you're probably going to win tomorrow, and you're going to wind up on three of the four. That's big for recruiting. That's big for Brandon. It's big for a lot of things. For K.J. Jefferson tomorrow, he's got a chance to prove that he's a better quarterback to Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, according to some, even though he hasn't played in this league, is a better quarterback than K.J. Jefferson. K.J., again, wants to prove them wrong. He's, we've seen all this stuff in the offseason, how K.J.'s been liking these these posts, these lists that have him below certain guys. Below certain. He thinks he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Tommy, he's got another great chance. He beat a ranked team in Week 1. He can beat a media darling in Week 2. Another great opportunity for KJ individually as well. I, you know, every every opportunity in an SEC game when you're on ESPN is a great opportunity. I, comparing Rattler and KJ Jefferson, I mean, yes, they both play the quarterback position, but they're two totally different kinds of quarterbacks and and what they do. And KJ's different than than most quarterbacks. I mean, you know, because he is such a willing runner and such a running back, running back, a running quarterback. So. Um, I I hesitate a little bit when I start seeing all these comparisons of this quarterback versus this one. Well, what what's Tyler? Because we've seen with KJ, uh, he depends a lot more on the legs and the wheels to get around and and move his team down the field than others. And if you just get caught up looking at stats, and that's what happens with some of these hot national guys that hot air balloon in here and haven't really watched a lot, don't really understand and. You know, they make, they make a poor comparison a lot of times. And that's the great thing about being on ESPN is you get more publicity. You get more people that maybe ne- wouldn't necessarily turn on the SEC network that are going to watch ESPN be- just because that's where their remote stays all day long. And to go back-to-back weeks, once at 2.30 last week, once at 11 o'clock, I mean, directly following college game day, there's people that are just lazy that won't change their channel for 30 minutes or whatever. You are competing against Texas and Alabama, which we know will be a huge ratings draw for maybe the first 10 minutes, and Alabama and company will throw for three touchdowns, and that game will be an over in probably the first quarter, and you'll get some of that audience back. But I just think when you look at what Arkansas has – against South Carolina, there's been some great games. We'll go over some of those later on with Chuck, but there's been some really fun matchups between the Gamecocks and Razorbacks over the years. I know Sam Pittman has been pushing students and fans all week long. Hey, please get there as early as possible. I know the University of Arkansas sent an email. Try and get in there before 30 or 45 minutes out. Don't try and go to the gate then. They're encouraging people to get there earlier. I don't know if people are going to fall in line with that thinking. I just know that a lot of people from the athletics department want butts and seats. And we'll see if the atmosphere is intimidating. It was in Athens, Georgia for that 12 o'clock game last year, 11 Central, 12 Eastern. I remember it. That was deafening. Arkansas had no shot in that game. You want to be the same intimidation factor that you were in the third quarter of that Cincinnati starting tomorrow Bright and early at 11 o'clock. Well, it's not going to be like Georgia. You don't have all the hype around this game. It's not two top 10 teams. There's no game day here. All of these things. As I talk to fans who plan to go, they're just a little anxious, a little nervous about all the the concern. I mean, everyone I've talked to, I don't think I'm going to leave a little earlier. And they're just worried about having all the hassle. It's not whether they're going to get in the game. It's not whether or not it's going to take an hour to get a Coke. It's it's just, hey, I don't like lines, and they remember that line that was stretching you know, down past the indoor football facility last week if you were trying to go in gate one. So I think you're going to see maybe some people arrive 30 minutes or 45 minutes earlier than normal trying to just avoid 
the hassle and the crash at the gate. Hopefully the U of A's worked out and ironed out some of the issues uh, that they had last week. But uh, 11 a.m. starts usually start a little slower, a little more sluggish. That's what you need. Now, you know, I think this we're talking last week, you win the coin toss, what do you want to do? I think this week you take it and you want the ball and you want to go down the field and you want to score early and get the crowd into it. So uh, I think maybe you have a little bit different view of how you want to start the game this this week versus how I would have preferred to start things last week. I guess it just depends on what Sam Pittman is feeling. I don't know if he's a back-and-forth guy. I feel like Nick Saban always defers. I think Sam's well, yeah. kind of had differences on what he's done. I'd have to go back and look at each individual game, but I think he's done different things in different games. You really want to put him. your defense out there first when Catalan and Slusher probably aren't going to be the ones to – Lead their team. I, I'm just bringing up the past. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, oh. I'm just telling you what I. I mean, I'm not the coach. I'm not a coach. I'm just telling you what armchair quarterback Kraft over yeah. here would do. And and that's, I think, I'd put my offense out there and try to go get the crowd revved up with a with an early touchdown. And that's a fair take. But again, you go back to Arkansas under Coach Pittman and Coach Bryles. They have not had good starts yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, find me a good start where they have marched down for a touchdown. I was surprised they got a first down to start last week. Now they get going. They have spurts. Third quarter on a browse has been awesome, and it was this past Saturday. He has just found what he's got some great halftime adjustments, him and Coach Pittman, and they get going. But you look at the initial possession of what Arkansas football has been since he's been here, and since this, it's not good. The stats well, are not good. They're lucky to get a first down. I was surprised they got a first down last week. No time like now to uh, get your act together and get going, so we'll see. All right, tomorrow morning, all of it gets underway at 6 a.m. right here on ESPN Arkansas. Hit that line.com. Uh, me and Zach will be along the way to get you to the stadiums. So if you're headed out early, tune us in right here where you're listening now. When you get to Northwest Arkansas, it's 99.5, and we'll get you ready for the game. Chuck Quinn, Phil... The whole crew, Gino, they'll be along at 8 o'clock with the Learfield broadcast. Then we're back after the game uh, with the uh, Hog Reaction Show with uh, with Ty and Drew. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V 50. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V 5-0. Bet online, where the game starts. First Western Bank, we are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Morning, Chuck. Morning, guys. How's it going? It's going good. Either you guys... Watch the NFL action we had last night? Watched a little. Uh, Dylan, my son, had a, had a game last night, and then we went and had some pizza after the game with a friend of ours, and uh, 
they had it on there. So I got to see the opening kickoff. First, that first five-minute drive or so, and watched a little bit of it there. So uh, to say I, I watched the whole game would be a stretch. What about you, Chuck? Buffalo's good. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Josh Allen's really good. I enjoy watching them play because of him. And they, uh, boy, they put it on them last night. Defending Super Bowl champions Josh Allen and company just went ape, you know what. And then they added... But uh, Blonde Miller, former Texas A&M Aggie in the offseason, that's given them a pass rush. That's the team to beat. They have the best odds right now to win the Super Bowl. We're a long way out as we're just entering week one of the NFL season. But, man, it was fun to watch. Now, week two of the college football season is here, and there's some great SEC games that we're going to get to coming up. But we're going to hone in, as we always do, on this Arkansas game. And, Chuck, we were Tommy and I were kind of talking about before the show, and it's our morning rush daily question that we'll get into later on, the improvements we want to see. What do you think that South Carolina took away from walking Arkansas in week number one? Well, they better be ready to block. That would be the thing that I would say, number one, and that's been their Achilles heel. Um, you know, I'm sure that they noticed a lot of things. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure they feel like they can throw against Arkansas. I'm sure that, you know, just like when Arkansas watched their tape, I'm sure they think, you know, we can put a pass rush on those guys based on what we saw. So, um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think South Carolina would love to be able to come in and throw the ball. But here's the deal. You know, we focus on all that, but the key stat in that South Carolina game with Georgia State was the fact that South Carolina only rushed for 79 yards. That was the key stat. We focus on Rattler and all that stuff. That's 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 all a byproduct of not being able to run the ball. So um, if I'm South Carolina, I'm a whole lot more worried about what I'm doing than I am what the other guys are doing, whether it's Arkansas or anybody else. And, you know, frankly, I think Arkansas is the same way. I, th- I think that, you know, you uh, um, you better be worried about your own guys first. And I kind of think that's where South Carolina is right now. And I know for Shane Beamer, he would love to get a huge SEC cross-division, what was some would may consider a rival, but a win to kind of get there going this year in 2022. I know the SEC East is kind of uh, up in the air right now outside of Georgia. Tommy, you look at what Arkansas, and I think Chuck's right, Arkansas is going to focus on themselves rather than South Carolina. What's Sam Pittman really looking at to improve on from week one to week two? Well, I'm sure when when you get into the technical stuff, uh, you know, on the line, there's going to be a lot of things that, that coaches would talk about. I, I would imagine one of their big points of anxiety, and maybe, and I'm sure they obviously know more than we know, but it's how the personnel and the safe in the secondary is going to be, where you're going to be without two of your better players on defense. So, uh, I'm sure they're worried about not having a big drop off uh, in the third level of their defense tomorrow with some new personnel out there. I think that you you mentioned it, Chuck, with the rushing yards. If Arkansas can contain South Carolina as Georgia State did on the ground last week, that gives you an opportunity to pin your ears back and, and just focus solely on the passing and third and long situations. Well, theoretically, I guess, yeah. But, I mean, uh, um, you know, every football game that's ever played, guys, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing novel about this. Um, if you rush for 79 yards – unless you've got an all-world quarterback, um, you're going to struggle to win. Or, unless you do what they did Saturday night, and that's dominating special teams. Um, you know, they uh, there's, there's many different ways to win a game. And if you know going into a season, man, my offensive line's not very good. We're going to struggle to run the ball. Well, you better be good in special teams. 
you better be good in another area to make up for that. And, you know, to me, um, um, you know, this is this is the story every game. Um, you know, you've uh, – and it sounds boring. There's nothing sexy about it. But, you know, the reality is for South Carolina, they're not good enough in the trenches right now. And that's why they've struggled. And they know that. Um, they've, they've just not been good enough up front on their offensive line to avoid some of the situations that they've been in. But now here's the deal. They did win 35-14 to 14 the other night. They are 1-0. and And so, um, you know, they didn't beat as impressive opponent an opponent as the Razorbacks did, but that doesn't, you know, that, that, that doesn't really mean anything tomorrow. I think back to what Shane Beamer said earlier this week and kind of talking about blocking kicks. We are looking at ways to steal a possession, whether it be fakes or whatever it may be. There's certainly some weeks, or block punts, whatever. There's certainly some weeks that you feel better about it than other weeks. Tommy, if Max Fletcher is the punter and it's not Bauer tomorrow, I hope it's hot potato. I hope as soon as he catches the ball, he's slinging it because I think South Carolina is going to come after him tomorrow after two last week. Yeah. Best way not have to worry about that and then blocking a punt. Block just, him up, man. Block him up. Well, well, or block just don't, him up. Just don't have your punter come out there very much because you're getting enough yards and you got a good place well, kicker. You know, that, that's, that's pie in the sky a little bit, but we've seen games where Arkansas had two or three punts in the game. You need that kind of game tomorrow, Chuck, where you don't have to worry about blocking them up because you're getting first downs and you're putting, uh, you're putting Cam Little in a, in a spot where he can come out and go to work maybe. Well, I mean, you you know, they punted six times last week. And in a perfect world, you know, you wouldn't punt that many times, but that's football. I mean, sometimes punting sometimes punting's not bad based on what's happened in the, pos- in, in the possessions. Uh, you know, it's not ideal, but sometimes you, uh, you know, sometimes you just kick it away. I mean, that's football, but the biggest thing there is, um, you know, blocking them up front. I mean, if 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 you're depending upon your – now, certainly, your kicker's got to get rid of the ball. I mean, your punter's got to punt the ball. I, I mean, you know, there's 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 a lot involved there, but if you got your punter back there having to hurry to get a kick away, um, you know, some of that problem is up front as opposed to the punter. You were talking about their running game, Chuck, and I know that Arkansas, it looks like from the outside looking in that Dominic Johnson is going to play tomorrow. They're getting back, according to Shane Beamer on the weekly call-in show, that Christian Beale Smith, who was out week one, is going to be playing week two. Now, I think it's a wide receiver that they still have out, but they're at least getting that, so maybe they'll look different in the running game if he's back, and that has something Arkansas and, and Barry Odom has to account for tomorrow. Well, he's, he's transferring from Wake Forest. And, uh, you know, he's – when you struggle offensively, the guy that didn't play is always the answer. I, I mean, when you struggle to run the ball, the guy that wasn't out there is always the one that's going to fix it. And, um, you know, they, uh, um, they're going to have another running back. Sounds like Arkansas is too. But it's, it's, it's the big boys up front that are going to determine what kind of days those guys have. And that's why Arkansas, I think, has one of the many advantages in this game. And I would say they probably have one at quarterback, too. Defensive line, you'd like to kind of replicate what you did last week, Tommy, and then even maybe get more pressure on Rattler since South Carolina seems prone to kind of giving up tackles yeah. for lost and, sass- and sacks. Chuck, I've wondered this week, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, well, you know, maybe will Barry Odom go with three down linemen to have a, a nickel or a dime in a little bit more? We were talking about this with Clay a little bit. Can you get pressure with three? I guess that's the question is, 
I guess you'll find out early, maybe uh, you know, on some scheme and what Barry Odom may do, whether you go with three or four down linemen based on how much pressure you can put on Rattler. Well, maybe. I mean, they're going to mix it up. They always do. They'll be three and four. But here's the thing, guys, and, and, and I don't mean to keep sounding like a broken record, but if it's third and seven, third and eight, or if you get them behind the sticks, you're going to put pressure on Spencer Rattler. I promise you. Oh, yeah. There will be guys after him, and he will be running for his life. And that goes back to what we said a little bit earlier. That's why Rattler was running for his life last week. Because every time that they faced a, a critical situation, they had a pretty good ways to go because they were not able to run the football. If it's third and seven, third and eight, we will rush the passer with three or four or however many he decides to bring. Um, if you uh, if it's third and one, third and two, or second and two, second and three, it's going to be a whole lot harder. I think you know, Rattler's one of those guys that we all talk about, we all pay attention to, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form belittling his talent, but it is an 11-man offensive group, and he's only one. He's the most important one. But um, um, it's the other areas where South Carolina struggled against Georgia, and, and the areas that they struggled in prevented Rattler from being real good. We saw Arkansas last year, so Jalen Catalan has the injury, and then in the Ole Miss game or whatever, and had an inter- he's talked about had an interception that game. He's like, I can't pick this ball off. I'm not right. I've got to check out. The next game, Bo Nix torched you for almost 300 yards, two touchdowns. Bo Nix, who's not that good. There's a reason that he is not. He did not have the the height of success at Auburn. People thought he was going to. Now I would y'all tell me if I'm wrong. I think Rattler's a better QB. Catalan goes out last year. It takes him really a game or two to get back in the defensive rhythm. We're going to see if this team can respond with their best player being what we assume is out tomorrow. In addition to maybe Miles Slusher, I want to see if they can have more success without Catalan that first game back, assuming he's out tomorrow, because it was not that case last year when Bo Nix carved him up. Well, I'd go back and look at the rushing stats from that Auburn game. I don't know what they are right off the top of my head, but I remember Auburn was real physical in that game, and they kind of took the fight to the Razorbacks from the get-go, and that's the one game that uh, you kind of look back on from last year and kind of wince a little bit because Auburn sort of went south after that. But they won that game. Auburn won that game because, if I remember right, they they were just a lot better at the line of scrimmage than we were. That didn't happen a lot last year, but it seemed like maybe it happened in that game. And, um, you know, it's uh, – quarterback's an important position. It's an important position, the most important position. But everything's got to go right for that quarterback to look good. And, um, you know – if Catalan and Slusher can't play, other guys are going to have to step up. But, uh, again, it's, it's um, you know, a lot of it has to do with what goes on up front. That's got a lot to do with what goes on on that back end, too. Yeah. You know, series history doesn't mean a thing come tomorrow, but I think it's interesting when you look at, at this series where Arkansas and South Carolina had been perennial opponents for so long. But, guys, it's been 2011 since Arkansas has beaten South Carolina. Now, obviously, they hadn't played every year. In fact, this will be the first time since 2017, but the last three times were 2012, 2013, and then 2017. And Chuck, uh, all three times, the Razorbacks uh, got caught short in those ball games. Yeah, series 13 to 10. I think that you know we think of ourselves as a better program than South Carolina, and I think you know there's certainly been times when we have been. There have been years where they were better than we were. Um, 
But, you know, 13-7 to before the last three games. I guess they lost over there in the John L. year. And then um, I think Brett lost to him twice, if I'm not mistaken. Well, First year, maybe – Next yeah. to last year too, is seven, that right? Seventeen, so it'd been yeah. yeah. So I mean, he, yeah, very first year, fifty-two to seven. Yeah, um, I remember oh, that. Yeah, there wow. have uh, um, you know there there have been some beatdowns in this series. I remember in <clears throat> pardon me '99 when when Holtz came to Little Rock and you know we beat him forty-eight to fourteen, and you know Houston really took some mercy on Holtz that night. Um, you know Petrino's teams. You know, they went over there and did did well. I remember we went to Columbia in 2010 and just rocked their world. I mean, beat them by 21, and um, it was it was never really a ball game. And came back the next year and beat them in Fayetteville pretty good and hadn't beaten them since. Yeah. So, um, you know, early on, I, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's not a rivalry, but early on, we played one another every year because we came into the league at the same time. And there was, you know, we kind of measured ourselves against one another in the early days. And there were some very competitive games back then. And, and um, you know, those were, uh, um, you know, those were always, always competitive yeah. and always games that, you know, you sort of measured yourself by. You sure didn't want to lose to South Carolina. Well, I bet if you asked the average fan that hadn't looked at a note or heard us talk about it, you said, well, how have the last three went in this series? Oh, yeah. I bet Arkansas's won two. You know, and yeah. you yeah. look at well, it. Well, you, you like, think wow. of yourself as being better than that. Sure. sure. Hey, guys, you've heard me talk a lot about Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. I'm going to do it again right now. And, you know, one of the things that I, I've, I've really talked about with these guys, and frankly, it's what I like best about them, is their professionalism. I like dealing with a pro when it comes to important things. And buying or selling a home is a really important thing. There's a lot of money on the table. And you want somebody that understands the process of getting you from the contract to the close. Um, if something comes up, you want your real estate professional uh, to be able to handle it, to have handled it before, frankly, and to understand exactly what's going on in your situation. I think that's what you're going to find. I know that's what you're going to find with Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. I say that because I've used them to buy and to sell, and I couldn't have been more satisfied. Look for their yellow signs. You're going to see them all around town. They're in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale. They're in Bentonville and Fort Smith. You can log on to WeikertGriffin.com, and uh, I promise you, you'll be very satisfied. We got some great games tomorrow, not just in the SEC, but outside of as well. Some sneaky, fun ones like Baylor going to Provo, which you might want to watch just to kind of see what that atmosphere is like. But I know nationally the biggest game tomorrow is Texas and Alabama. Here's what Sark had to say about how long they've been game planning for the Crimson Tide. I'll be honest with you. This game plan was done probably about three months ago, and I'm sure their game plan was done probably about three months ago. I don't think either of us thought going into week one we were going to see something new that was going to drastically change what we were going to do you know so we have a pretty good idea of what we wanted to do in this game and i'm sure they have a pretty good idea on both sides of the ball what they want to do in this game ultimately adjustments like any game are a huge component to that and i think we've got to be you know very specific in what we're looking for that could force adjustments and then we've got to have great communication See, that's an interesting point, guys, and, and, and I think that's one thing that, that maybe we don't always understand is that, you know, in the summertime, you know, they are specifically game planning. You'll have one or two members of a staff who, I mean, they're putting the game plan together for, you know, week four, week five. They're doing all the scouting, everything then, and because, uh, you know, things happen really fast once the season starts, 
And um, you have to do a lot of that work in the summer. And I'm sure that's exactly right. I'm sure Texas had their game plan for Alabama in in the summer and vice versa. Well, you think about particularly with the Saban coaching tree, which is what you've got in this game here with Bama and Texas. I mean, other than the one time we saw Nick Saban get away from pro style and a pro set offense to tempo and bring that in and kind of evolve with college football, and that's been seven or eight years ago now, I mean, he doesn't change a lot, as far, particularly on defense with what he wants to do. These coaches know exactly what the other is, is all about, and there's not going to be some drastically different game plan. They do what they do, Chuck, because they're really good at it. Well, they're all good, and, and um, you know, it's uh, um, at Alabama, you look at what he did with the offense, and being able to go out and get five stars at every position makes it a lot easier to transition than maybe, you know, it might be somewhere else. But you're right. You're not going to trick anybody. This 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 idea that you're going to come in and fool someone is uh, pretty silly. I mean, yeah. we've, we've, we've kind of found that out the hard way. Let's be honest. They're not rolling out the wishbone this week, you know. So. <laughs> no. I always thought it was funny. You guys have probably seen this. You remember when College Game Day was doing a feature to an Alabama, and you saw a couple of Nick Saban's notebooks in the background on each opponent, and the thickest one of anyone you saw – was 2011 Arkansas at 2000, and that sucker I swear was this big mm-hmm. of all the stuff that he had to try and figure out under Petrino and whatnot. But I always thought that was pretty cool. So that's the big. And guess what? He figured it out. Yeah, yeah I was going to say he did pretty well that <laughs> day. Didn't uh, yeah, he? I mean, he still won. Tyler got the best play. That Tyler, I'll give Tyler credit. Tyler's got some stones. That guy took some licks that I don't think any of us would want to take. But that play, would he get hit by Upshaw? High tower. High tower. I, that was maybe the best Tyler Wilson throw, or maybe the best throw of a quarterback. Knowing that middle linebacker getting ready to tear your head off, and he hits him right in the chin. He throws a strike to the back line of the end zone. That was still one of my favorite individual plays I've ever seen. Man, our offense that year, and I love Bobby Petrino. But our offense that year got Tyler Wilson beat to death. Oh, I'm, I'm, I mean, he had to throw. I mean, we were outnumbered so many times with guys coming to the quarterback, and it was always banking on he can get rid of the ball in time to still make the play work. And, I mean, he took some licks. But that, that offense that year just left him wide open. And um, it's a wonder he was walking at the end of the year. You know, Clay always liked to talk about with Petrino is always about hitting their quarterback and not letting yours get hit. That was not a good example of. Uh, yeah. It's amazing they made the Cotton Bowl that year. Wasn't wasn't one of his favorite calls the naked bootleg, which just leaves your quarterback out to dry. I feel like that was a play call that Coach Petrino would leave Ryan and, and Tyler. I mean, they were going to get hit, but a lot of times they had a wide receiver tied in open, so it worked. But they get clocked a little bit, Chuck. I don't know if I remember all the bootleg part, but I know that there were times that they would have to stand in there and take a hit. And uh, um, Tyler was as good a was as good at that as anyone. And there's a uh, you know there's a knack to that. And you know I'll go back to the Cincinnati game this this past Saturday, the play where Bryant got drilled and overthrew the ball. I mean, um, there is a knack and there is a skill in being able to you know, throw it on time and throw to your spot while you're getting hammered. And, um, you know, Tyler was really good at it. All right, let's get fired up this morning at 6.50 on a football Friday. Our guy Eddie in Clarksville is waiting. Eddie, what's going to happen against the Gamecocks tomorrow? I'm glad you asked that, sir. Woo! I'm starting to feel it this morning. So I went out on my patio and I cranked up a couple of records. I hope you, Chuck, and Tommy, like them. You know, I started off with Boston this morning. More than 
a feeling. You know, last weekend, as I said in the South End Zone, the heat was on, so I put on a song by Cheap Trick called The Flame. And what happens when a fire gets started by this fan base? Woo! The flames start shooting high. And then, you know, I went to the song by the talking heads, and I cranked it up loud, burning down the house. And boy, did the fan base burn down the house last weekend at the Razorback Stadium. Woo! Look at the student body. I mean, man, they were cranked up. As I'm sitting in the south end zone, the whole fan base. Well, I got to give it to you. And we got a team coming in here tomorrow. Woo! The flames has got to be shooting high. And I hit it this morning, gentlemen. No doubt they helped us win last week against the Bearcats. Let's help me welcome Coach Beamer and the Gamecocks to the flames in the burning house. And you're going to... You're the heart and soul of all our, all our programs. You are. So come hungry. And I ended this morning with my side collection before the Georgia line. Woo! This is how we roll. Welcome to the burning house in the hall pal. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, FDL Friday. Thank you, Eddie. I appreciate it. And now... Chuck, you have an extra headset for Eddie for the game on Saturday, right? For the game day broadcast? Uh, I don't think there's any way Eddie's going to get into the press box. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you right now. I think uh, I think he might break the microphone if uh, if he ended up getting on the broadcast. Well, that's uh, so we heard what cheap trick, Florida Georgia line. What was the other band he, he was firing up the oh, jukebox. Yeah. yeah, talking heads. Yeah, getting them going. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for a shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for the correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with your promo code HTL. That's promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match of up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. NoHouseAdvantage.com, promo code HTL. Touchdown, Arkansas! At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs, we can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, 
glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core jewelry! Your passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. What improvements do you want to see from game one to game two? 877-377-6963 is our number that you can call or text in. And guys, I'll direct that question to y'all. What do y'all want to see? I'm I'm anxious about this secondary. I mean, there's just so many unknowns. And I don't know if that's really answering the, the direct question you said about improvements from week one to week two. But if there's an area that I'm a little un, uncertain or a little more uncertain about than others, it would be the secondary because it, it's the unknown. So, Chuck, for me, I just want to see how that's that system's going to operate in the third level of the defense tomorrow with presumably no Catalan and no Slusher back there. I'd like to see them get a little bit better on third down defense. I think that's probably something that they've worked on this week. They uh, Cincinnati was 8 for 16 on third downs. We were too. Um, there were a lot of third down conversions in that game, and um, I'd like to see them get a little bit better in that area. They've had punts blocked the last two years, if memory serves me correct. South Carolina, I would think, is going to be gunning for them after getting two in week number one. Fletcher didn't have a great outing in, in his first official game. I know he expects more from himself. That's the area, as you addressed earlier, Chuck, that South Carolina is going to win. You're not going to win. They're not going to win the trench play against you, so they're going to try and beat you in other ways. I'm not worried about Cam Little. I'm not worried about – it's not Baker. Who's the, the guy kicking him through the Bates. end zone? Bates. Bates. I'm not worried about Bates. But the punting situation, I, I, that that worries me a little bit when I look at what Arkansas has been the last two years of blocking them up. Well, first off, you know, Fletcher's average last week, I mean, he wasn't rushed. I mean, it wasn't like he was rushed. Uh, he, you know, he, he, he didn't kick it quite as well as he's been in practice. He still averaged 38 and a half yards. So it wasn't like we were in danger of having one blocked last week. I, I, I don't um, – I don't have the concerns in special teams that I did last year or the year before. Um, As your team gets better, as your depth gets better, your special teams get better. And um, I I will be surprised, frankly, if South Carolina blocks a punt. Um, I'll be surprised. I don't think that's going to happen. give you one other area. We saw this unravel Cincinnati uh, with a real goal line opportunity. That's penalties. Arkansas had seven penalties, 63 yards. That's not – horrendous are going to cost the game, but the timeliness of those penalties uh, can be a problem. So I think that's still an area Sam Pittman would love to see cleaned yeah. up a little bit more. Oh, yeah. penalties. I, I'm, you know, there were a couple of plays that got called back, and, um, you know, penalties are part of it. I mean, penalties are part of it. You're going to get, you know, it's not very often you're going to go through an entire game. And 
um, not have a few penalties. The question, again, is the timeliness mm-hmm. of them. And I thought that's what hurt Cincinnati Saturday was uh, the timeliness of their penalties. And I don't think they had a, a holding on an offensive line. I think it was wide receivers and tight ends, right? If I remember when Coach Pittman was asked about this week, Tommy, it was more of the, I don't think an offensive lineman got called for that. I think that's, that's correct. But, uh, again, you can't wipe out big plays. You can't have them at the wrong moment. You, you can't do exactly what Cincy did, and that's, you know, can't have them in the red zone. That's where you've got to be flawless is when it's time to go score. All right, that's your Red River Dodge uh, in Heber Springs. Morning Rush Daily Question, Red River Dodge in Heber Springs. Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Baxter Health. Compassionate care beyond measure. All right, so Sam Pittman, we played a soundbite yesterday about how he didn't feel like his team celebrated enough out of a top 25 win. And you look at what Arkansas did to Cincinnati, especially on offense in the second half. They executed defensively, not as much as they did the first half. A lot better performance from Barry Odom's squad. Guys, I think they expect to win tomorrow's game. I, now, they're not overly cocky. They're not boasting about it on social media or in the press conference, belittling Cincinnati, or excuse me, South Carolina anyway. But I think there is an expectation to set the tone tomorrow against the first conference opponent of the season. Well, I think you just said it there, the word conference. I, I, I just that, that ramps things up a little bit. It, it It's one of the eight games that count the most, and... Um, I don't think there's any problem getting these guys' attention. I think last week you had their, their full attention with Cincinnati. But, Chuck, for me at least, and I, I can't speak to the players, but when it's a conference game, you know what that means. And, you know, that's that's what you're trying to win is your division. These games mean a little bit more because it is an SEC game. Well, I mean, SEC games speak for themselves. Yeah. You know, there's, 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 there's no doubt about that. I, I, don't, I don't worry about this team's mental, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't worry about that anymore. Um, I think we've 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 gone beyond a lot of these things, and I think now it's 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 a matter of going out and executing. They're a confident team. They've won games. They should expect to win. I mean, they went nine and four last year. They beat a college football playoff team in the first game. I mean, you should feel like you're going to win. And um, I, I I don't I don't worry about our mental approach anymore. I think we're fine there, and I think we make adjustments from a mental standpoint week to week. You know, we're not that far removed, and in actual time from club dub in a time where we celebrated <laughs> a, a embarrassingly celebrated a, a, a non-conference non-power five win. And um, I like that. I think what's buried there in coach Pittman's statement about, you know, they weren't overly excited is that's the expectation. You don't get real excited when you expect to do something. So that, that that's what I like to hear is they've changed the culture there. They expect well, to win. Fans love that. Fans, you know, and sometimes we're, you know, as fans, um, we like to appear a little smarter than the fan next to us. Yeah, they were good in this area, but, I mean, they got to shore this up. It's like you're not a real fan or a smart fan yeah. if you don't point out all the uh, all the bad stuff. Guys, they were fine last week. They beat Cincinnati 31-24. to The idea that, you know, because we think we're good again, that we should go out and play a perfect game every week, that's not going to happen. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but this this team will be ready to play tomorrow. They'll be ready to play Missouri State. They'll be ready to play A&M. They'll be ready to play Alabama, and you just go right on down the list. There's a new storyline every week, and every team that you play on the schedule this week's got the – or this season, I'm sorry, it's got the potential to beat you. Um, there's a um, 
but every game's different. Every week's different. That's what makes it fun. If you're gonna have a perfect game, save it for Alabama. You wanna you wanna have all, one of those. Well, you're not gonna play Alabama. a perfect it's game against no Alabama. That, that, that that's an impossibility. Um, what 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 you're gonna do in that game is execute the best you can, fight through the plays that they make because they will make them. And um, but you cross that bridge when you get there. Um, you know, but Arkansas is not gonna be intimidated by Alabama when that when that time comes, but they're not going to play a perfect game. I mean, let's not kid ourselves into thinking that might happen. What you don't want to do is beat yourself. What you don't want to do is what Cincinnati did at the goal line last week when you got a perfect opportunity to score when Alabama makes a mistake, you don't capitalize. To me, last week still comes down to the fact that both teams made first-week errors. Arkansas made Cincy pay for theirs, and Cincinnati did not make the Razorbacks pay. And you just look at points off turnovers right in the uh, the box score, and you, you see that. Uh, standing out. That's what you got to do against the best teams. I think when they make a mistake, you make them pay for it by taking the ball to the end zone. Chuck said it earlier, not a concern with special teams. I think what you're also just happy about, if it is a close game or if it's a game where it comes down to a field goal, you have the utmost confidence in your kicker, Cam Little. You had it last year when he was a true freshman. You have it this year. He converted on his opportunities last week. Cincinnati can't say the same thing about their kicker, Chuck. Well, now let me say this. I didn't say I wasn't concerned about special teams. I said I wasn't worried about special teams. You're always concerned from the standpoint that you've got to play well there. But I'm not going to sit around, if I'm Max Fletcher, I'm not going to sit around worrying about whether or not I'm going to get a punt blocked. You can't do that. Arkansas is better in special teams now. And this doesn't mean there's not going to be mistakes. But, you know, special teams was an advantage in certain games for us last year. I think you go back to that Alabama game. We're pretty good in special teams there. And uh, um, this 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 team will be fine in that area. Yeah, it's just no longer the Achilles heel. I mean, reference back again, you know, under Chad Morris, you just you, you winced every time they had to trot a return team out there or a, a, a special, unit, special teams unit because it was just a blunder. So, I mean, now it's not, uh, you know, the, the weakness of your program like, well, like it's been. And, and, and we tend to too much give the coach all the credit or give the coach all the blame. The reason we weren't good in special teams during the Chad Morris era and, and frankly, during the first year of Sam Pittman's era was because we didn't have good players. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we act like sometimes special teams, well, you just coach them up, dial them up. That's the easiest part of the game. That's the hardest part of the game. That's one of the hardest parts of the game. And... um you know, um, there's no area of the game where you have the potential to change the entire complexion of the afternoon as you do in special teams. It's huge. and um, But I think we're okay there now. Um, I think we've got a good coordinator there, and I think more than anything, we've recruited well. We've got better players playing special teams. Tommy, you talked about the setup of this season. You can't get to 10 wins most likely without beating Cincinnati. Probably starting, what'd you say, 3-1? and one? I think you got to be 3-0 and oh to begin to have a chance to scare 10. Well, you're at least you've notched one of those wins to your belt. You beat the ranked team. Now you got your first conference team. You, you just, if you get this, and I know that coaches will never overlook Missouri, but we as radio hosts can overlook Missouri State. Like, you're, they're not going to face, Petrino's going to try everything to I'm win I'm not that overlooking them. I, I, I'll overlook them. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go against Missouri State at an up a force next week. So you're if you win this game, you're gonna be three zero, and you'll get to Texas. Ed. That's how I'm looking at. It. Maybe you guys have different approaches, but that's where you're looking at this game tomorrow. To me, I know the coaches can't say that, but I'll say that this morning. Well, 
I'm not, you know, maybe, and I realize it's fun to look ahead and all that, but uh, um, I, I, you know, we can speculate till we're blue in the face about what they're going to be, you know, when they get to A&M or Alabama. But, you know, if you're talking about winning 10 games, I mean, you don't have much margin for error. I mean, you can only lose twice. So this is not one of them, and next week's not one of them. Yeah, I mean, you know, if 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 you know, if you're talking about getting to ten wins, yeah, I'm. I mean, you need to win tomorrow. Yeah, you, I mean, to, to get to ten wins, you got to be five and one. You know, at the halfway mark, because yeah. the idea of running the table and I, you know, one of the games that concerns me most is the BYU game in that second half. Is you've had your long stretch there to begin the year. You're headed into a bye. You're playing in a different kind of environment. I mean, that, but you know, right now this schedule just does not lay out where you have any opportunity to really look ahead. I mean, every game that seems to be in front of you is is um, it's a challenge. You may be favored, but it isn't by a whole lot in any of. Well, these you games. just better win this week and yeah. then regroup and start getting ready for next week. That's that's just. I mean, it's clicheish, but that's just how it works. If, yeah. if you spend too much time worrying about what you're going to be when you play Alabama, you'll end up playing Alabama without the record that you thought you might have. So Trey Knox won the Mackey Award tied in the week last week. I don't even remember if he was listed on their initial watch list or not, but I, I guarantee he's on it now. So that being said, I would guess that Shane Beamer and company are going to try and take away more of his touches, more of his looks this week. Now, he's a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses, but I would think, guys, that's going to give some other wide receivers some opportunities tomorrow if they're going to be focused on Trey Knox based on his game one performance. I don't know that they're going to be focused on Trey Knox like that. I mean, uh, um, you know, um, you don't, um, you know, you're not going to, I don't know that the tight ends always, you know, you put too much focus on that spot and you end up getting burned in other spots. So I I don't, I don't, I don't know that they're going to do that. I I mean, obviously they're aware of him, but you know, um, Cincinnati was too. And so Trey's a mismatch. He's a nightmare for a defensive coordinator. He's, um, he's a good football player, um, but I think that Arkansas, you know, when South Carolina's game planning defensively for this week, they're they're game planning for KJ. Um, you know, the tight end's a dividend of KJ's play. Yeah, I mean, we're not in the practices at South Carolina or wherever, but I imagine dealing with the RPO and trying to understand the, yeah. the reason and how you're going to play it and try to force KJ to make the decision you want him to make based on the way you're defensively playing that RPO. That That's what it comes down to because that's what KJ's reading is whether they're crashing in, what that end does. Chuck, the, you know, I imagine a lot of their time is spent teaching their guys, all right, we want you to do this to try and force KJ to make this decision. Well, I mean, again, you've got a different game plan every week. You know, whether you're offensive or defensive coordinator, you got a different game plan every week. But if you're the other side's defensive coordinator, all your planning starts with KJ. Absolutely. All your planning starts with him. So, and uh, if he has a good game, you're going to struggle. And if you can keep him from having a great game, you might have a shot. I know Shane Beamer's quoted to say he's a quarterback that looks like a D, and I'm paraphrasing. How would you guys try and attack KJ Jefferson in this offense? What would be something that you would. If you're Shane Beamer, how would you go about trying to defend so many different weapons that Arkansas has? Well, you've got to stop the run, and that's what makes KJ good. Look, KJ, you know, let's be honest. KJ missed some throws last Saturday. The thing that KJ doesn't do when he misses throws, sometimes he misses them so badly they don't get picked off. And his touchdown-interception ratio is very good. I think Kendall Bryles 
does an all-world job at putting K.J. in position to make the throws that he can make. Um, but the reason all that works is because we run the ball. This idea that that um, you know you know we're gonna um, you know we're gonna be able to stop KJ without winning at the line of scrimmage. I mean you're not, and uh, um, so um, I don't know that any you know this idea that you know, what would our plan be to stop KJ. I mean um, <laughs> the first order of business is you got to stop Arkansas's run, and 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 if and if you do that, you'll have a chance to slow him down. Chuck, you said it right there. I think one of the more underappreciated assets of K.J. Jefferson's game is he does not put the ball in harm's way. You think about the interceptions he threw last year. One was an incredible play by that Texas safety. One was a throwaway interception at the end of the Old Miss first half. And the other two just had the time off between the bowl game. He threw two regular season interceptions, Tommy. I don't know how many times he put the ball on the ground. He 171 passes at one point yeah. without throwing a I mean, that, I don't think we talk about that enough. As char- like, If he's off, it's way off. It's not going to a DB, which if you're Kendall Bryles and Sam Pittman, you love that. You don't love that if you're Barry Odom because you're not putting your defense back there in tough situations. What makes you scream is when you watch your quarterback throw it into double and triple coverage trying to hit one guy. And I don't just KJ just doesn't doesn't do that a lot, Chuck. So I mean, that's the one thing he does is he makes good decisions when he does throw the football. Hey, let me talk to you guys for a minute about Baxter Health. I don't know if you know this. Those of you who are in Baxter County know this, but for the rest of you, Baxter Regional Medical Center is now Baxter Health. And when it comes to health and healing. Baxter Health provides compassionate care beyond measure. That's that's their mission. They want you to feel like home because when it feels like home, it heals like home. Now, they're a magnet-recognized healthcare facility. They've, they've got a lot of services, neurosurgery, cardiothoracic surgery, urology, comprehensive women's health, orthopedics, infectious disease, pain management. They've also got family medicine and physical therapy clinics now. In fact, they're accepting new patients and uh, they serve 11 counties throughout Arkansas and Missouri. For more information, you can visit BaxterHealth.org. Baxter Health, compassionate care beyond measure. All right, our phone lines are open, 877-377-6963. We'll head there. I want to remind everyone, 6 a.m. tomorrow, all of our coverage begins on ESPN Arkansas and HitThatLine.com to get you ready for the 11 a.m. kickoff or back after the game with Hog Reaction. So everything for your drive to and from Fayetteville tomorrow. And don't forget when you're in northwest Arkansas, if you're listening in other areas, shift your radio to 99.5 and we'll keep you updated. And you can hear the Razorbacks right here on ESPN Arkansas. You know, I'm going to tell you guys, I bet a lot of folks tomorrow are taping the Alabama-Texas game. And they're going to watch that. And I, I think, you know, you were talking about being on national TV earlier, Ty. I, I think Alabama and Texas, at least for a while, is probably going to be the most watched game tomorrow. Is Texas ready? Is Texas a contender? Is Texas a pretender when it comes to the SEC? Do they have a shot against Alabama tomorrow? I don't think they do. But I think that's one game that um, I think this is one time when – when the Razorbacks in South Carolina go to a commercial, people are going to be switching over to check that other game because I think it's very fair to say that most Razorback fans want Alabama to just beat the dog out of Texas tomorrow. <laughs> and, um, um, you know, Texas, I don't think they're anywhere close to being SEC ready. Yeah, I think there'll and, be a few. Um, um, now, Alabama's a hard one to compare yourself to, but – I think based on what we saw last year, they're not SEC ready. 
And uh, to me, the most interesting thing from an SEC perspective tomorrow is not Arkansas, South Carolina. It's not even Florida, Kentucky. To me, the most interesting thing is has Texas made any progress at all in being SEC ready? Because last year, they would have been the last place team in the West. And um, that's going to be a big storyline in college football tomorrow. Say that part again there. For the, for the they would have the been back. in last place in the West last right, just year. They would have finished last. Based on what we saw in Fayetteville, they would have fought to stay out of the basement last year in the West. <laughs> and to me, you know, we were talking about South Carolina earlier. When we came into the league, we were so woefully unprepared. And so was South Carolina. Now, Oklahoma and Texas are both better than we were then. If for no other reason, they got a lot more money. They got big budgets, big brands. They're more ready. But, um, you know, Texas could get boat race tomorrow. Or, or Texas could put up a fight and suddenly they become a story again in terms of joining our league. We'll have to wait and see. I'll be flicking back and forth just like a lot of us will. I'm not taping. I'm I'm going to keep my eye on that game the entire time. All right, let's go right here to Fayetteville where Justin is waiting. Justin, your thoughts on the game tomorrow, man? Man, I'm ready. I just want to kind of piggyback off Chuck. Uh, you know, if uh, if they thought Texas thought Kansas was trouble last year, they're going to have their hands full with Alabama tomorrow. So, you know, I, I wanted to kind of I mean, yeah, last week against Cincinnati, I think a lot of people thought that we would win by quite a bit more, but we, we covered what the experts thought down in Vegas. I was proud of the way we played. I think the one thing I kind of disagree with is a special teams comment. You know, and I, I know there were some external factors around Max Fletcher with his brother punting for Cincinnati and his family coming in, across, you know, halfway across the world. But, you know, I think we're still looking for a punter. And then Shane Beamer is going to look for a way to flip flip the switch tomorrow and try to get the points back that he knows that he's going to give up on the defensive side of the ball and that special teams. And I don't think Scott Fountain has proven anything over the last 33 years that he can get it done in terms of when it comes to try to scheme around special teams, and in particular special teams uh, punting. Wait a second. Wait a second. Bauer averaged 43.3 yards per punt last year. I mean, Bauer was good last year, and um, Fletcher beat him out. Now Fletcher struggled some on Saturday, but 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 the 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 fact that the I mean it wasn't like he was rushed. It wasn't like it's because um, you know they were beating the door down and 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 he was having to rush to get things off. I think our I think we're okay at punter. I I I, I don't I just don't agree with that. I I, I respect what you're saying, but you know. Bauer averaged 43.3 yards per punt last year. Now, he struggled the year before, but he was pretty good last year. And if Fletcher doesn't get it going, Bauer will be back in there. Yeah, that, that's an area to watch. And the oper- as what you're saying, the operation was smooth. The snaps weren't off target. He wouldn't yeah. have to struggle. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Blocking a punt. Blocking a punt. People make that too much about the punter. I mean, if 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 a punter's having to dodge the rush at the end of it, it's because somebody missed a block. When you get a punt block, it, nine times out of ten, it is not the punter's fault. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. 
And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Binville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Binville Brewing. 01, blocking the rock, Carlos Hall. 07, we know what Darren did. 2011, Jake Beckett. I think one of the more underrated ones was what you said in hour one when you went to South Carolina with Ryan Mao in 2010 and just pelted those guys. Yeah, beat them by three touchdowns over there. I can remember, um, you know, they were really soft defensively. And um, we went out there and Mallet had a great game and we ran the ball well and just did pretty much whatever we wanted to do that night. I remember that night pretty well. We've had some good games with them. It's been a little while since Arkansas and South Carolina has played. Uh, it's back in 2017. Arkansas lost out in Columbia, 48 to 22. In fact, yeah, I don't think if you ask most fans that you know probably don't study the the series history, Chuck. It's been it's been a decade since Arkansas has beaten. It's been more than a decade since you've beaten South Carolina. They've won the last three: 2012, 2013, and 2017. Back when they played every year. I mean, we won a lot more than we lost. We were 13-7 and seven against them until um, I think they started moving things around. You know, we came in the league at the same time, um, and we kind of compared ourselves to one another in the 90s about who was, you know, who was more SEC ready. Uh, they beat us some. We beat them some. Both of us struggled, you know, a lot. Um, South Carolina's had some good years. You know, Holtz, uh, Holtz got him going at the end. Spurrier had a good run there, but – They've had some lousy teams, too. And, you know, you can say the same thing about us. I mean, we've had some runs uh, since we joined the SEC, and we've had some years where we weren't very good. The thing we've been able to do is, uh, you know, get to Atlanta, not uh, not repeatedly, but uh, we've been able to get there, and that's kind of what's kept us ahead of them, I think, in everybody's mind. But uh, they've had some good teams, but I, I, I do think that um, we've always considered ourselves better than them, and I don't think that it's – I don't think it's in any way, shape, or form a rivalry. Um, I just think for a long time we happen to play them every year. Eight of the 23 meetings South Carolina has been ranked, but uh, two of the last three in 2012 and 13, which means nothing for tomorrow. They were ranked inside the top 15. In fact, you look back uh, from 2010 to 2013, South Carolina's lowest ranking in those four four games when they played the Razorbacks was number 18. So that was that was a good stretch in time for South Carolina. Well, back part in, of the deal with decade the- ago. Well, part of their deal with the wins lately is 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 timing. I mean, they um, um, they caught the John L. Smith year, and uh, then they caught Bielema's first year, and it was either Brett's last year or his next to last year. You know, things had started to fade, and um, part of that was timing. They just caught us in all three of those ball games. They caught us at the right time. Everybody wanted to play us that John L. Smith year, and everybody wanted to play us uh, the first year Brett was here. Because uh, we weren't any good. And so um, South Carolina just kind of got a little lucky in that that's 
how the schedule fell, and they got to play us then. Petrino's years in 9, 10, and 11, and in 9, I mean, won all three of those. And uh, they were ranked matchups, top 20 matchups. In fact, in fact, if you remember, 2011 was two top 10 teams. Yeah, Arkansas yeah. was number 8, South Carolina was number 10. That game was in Fayetteville, and it was 44-28 Hogs that day. So there's been some good ones, and... Those are the most probably the most meaningful games of the series when you look back at the the twenty three games they played. Well, when you play a ranked team, it you know it's always a bigger game. And South Carolina had some years there where they were ranked, and you know we were ranked at the same time. Seems like a lot of the time though, it's not been that no, way. One's right. been ranked, maybe the other hasn't. And um, um, you know, it's it's. I was on a South <laughs> Carolina show earlier this week. And we were talking about this. How you know. It's a tough place to get to, you know, and Fayetteville's a tough place to get to for them. And so most of our people have never been to South Carolina Stadium, and most of theirs have never been to ours. And so um, it's hard to really build a lot of emotion when you're that far apart. Yeah, there's only been two times in the series where both teams were ranked for the yeah. matchup. So those right. are the games I was just referencing. They got one of them old school stadiums, got the old spiral ramps. You see it. it I like that stadium. Yeah. Though, the, those who remember the old football movie, The Program, uh, with James Caan, oh. that's where it was filmed there. It was at that uh, at that stadium. And they've they've got a great tailgating area there. Maybe the best in the SEC, just, just in terms of layout, because it's right there by the state fairgrounds. For years, every time we played over there, it always corresponded with the uh, South Carolina State Fair which was going on there, and that was always just in the distance right outside the stadium. They've, But they've made a lot of improvements. I, I, I think they've got a cool football stadium. I've always enjoyed going over there. I'd like to at some point go to Williams-Price. It looks like a, a fun atmosphere when they do Sandstorm. And the, the, have you ventured over those trolley cars, Chuck? I've they, been over there. I've seen them. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to go see some. The cockabooses. The They're co- called the cockaboose. The cockaboose, yeah. Clay- they, uh, they have, for those who don't know, they have um, – cabooses old train cabooses outside the stadium and uh they dress them up and turn them they've turned them into um luxury pregame accommodations let's just put it that way and they they charge a pretty penny for the opportunity to party in the cocky uh, the uh, cockabooses and um they're there they have a good time over there i i they i you know south carolina people even in the years when they've not been good they've always come they're they're an interesting fan base um, even when they were lousy, there'd be a full stadium at the start of the game and you'd start the third quarter. And I mean, there wouldn't be anybody there. And, uh, that, that's just kind of how it's always been over there. Yeah. So does this game tomorrow boil down to which quarterback has the better day, which defense can't quite get to the other guy allows that quarterback to have, is it just that simple tomorrow? Oh, I think it's I'm 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 old school. I think that you look back to last week, Arkansas rushed for 224, and South Carolina rushed for 79. Uh, those were the key statistics, off offensive statistics in those games. I think for both those teams, and that's what it boils down to for. Uh, that's what it boils down to for me tomorrow. If Arkansas rushes for 224 again, they'll win this ball game. Certainly, if South Carolina only rushes for 79, they're going to get beat. I think one thing interesting inside the game is to see what Kendall Bryles does with the tempo. Arkansas mixed that up and varied that. And that that's something that, you, you, if you pay attention to it, I think it's interesting to see when they put their foot on the gas and when they don't with this offense for Arkansas. Oh, I think Kendall's a really good offensive coordinator. I don't think he gets enough credit. He's kind of a quiet guy, um, and, you know, he, he's um, um, 
Coach Pittman doesn't doesn't require his coordinators to do a lot of media, um, and and so you know we don't hear from him a lot. But I think what he's done with KJ, not just in terms of his development, but the way he manages the game according to what KJ can do and what KJ still struggles in. Um, I th- I think he is a brilliant offensive coordinator, and he's one of the real reasons that uh, we've been able to do what we do. But I don't think that all that would work as well as it does if there wasn't a commitment to physical football up front. Yeah, I just think that you know when you can catch them in a mismatch and you know what to do, um, and you've got the right personnel on the field. Those those are the things that turn drives into touchdowns and. Uh, I think sometimes that gets lost in the conversation that 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 decision at that point to put your foot on the gas, and that's what you know when you catch them in the wrong look out there. Well, I mean, he uh, and 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 not just that. I mean, sometimes you catch them on their heels. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati had to take a timeout. If you'll remember, Cincinnati had to take a defensive timeout in the second half, and uh, um, that uh, that affected what they did at the end. And Sometimes tempo puts puts teams in situations where it's almost like basketball. You got to call a timeout and take a breath for a second. And to your point, you know, it was five forty nine on the clock when Arkansas got the ball back, and there were two timeouts. Yeah, you know, KJ gets the it's third. It's a different nine. deal if there's three. If there's three, probably the way the game managed is managed yeah. is different, Chuck. So I mean, yeah, that's 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 my point. I mean, you made him take that timeout earlier, and it you know helped you later. Yeah, that was certainly. Uh, Big part of this game. We spent some time on special teams. You're, you're pretty comfortable with where Arkansas is at right now. I had a call earlier about uh, the punting game. And uh, you know, I, I just think when you look at where this thing was, Pittman's first year versus now on special teams, it speaks to the recruiting, speaks to the depth of the team. But, uh, you know, for all those that, that had called this radio station and called other shows and, you know, we're, we're after Scott Fountain, I, you know, we're not probably getting enough of those calls uh, in the opposite direction, praising what's what really looks to be another – um, good table-setting game last week for special teams. You know, Scott Fountain's track record at George as a special teams coach was impeccable. You know why? And good players. Because Georgia's got great players. Their depth is stocked with three, four, and five-star guys, mostly four- and five-star guys that everybody wanted. You know why we struggled in uh, his first year as our special teams coordinator? Because we didn't have good enough players. Simple as that. Same coach, same system, same everything. Difference was players. We've recruited better. Our depth is better. When your depth is better, your special teams become better. People, I think, have this idea that everything's just going to fall apart on a moment's notice. They expect catastrophe uh, based on what they saw maybe a couple of years ago. But it's different now. I mean, uh, um, again, if, if people have gotten to the point where they're expecting a perfect game every Saturday – if we've gone from just hoping maybe we can hang with North Texas to, hey, we, we didn't play a perfect game Saturday against a team that was in the college football playoff last year. Um, let's not set ourselves up for that. Well, I, I mean, uh, um, this is a good football team, and they're favored tomorrow for a reason, and I think they're going to win tomorrow. They're going to win more than they lose this year. They're going to play in a bowl game again, I think. And we got a good quarterback, got a good coach, and stadium's full. Everybody's happy. Um, but if you're sitting around looking for perfection, you may go away disappointed. You know, Sal, you, you mentioned bowl game, and I know it's way too early to think about this, but you think about the implications this game may have. You know, both of these programs are, you know, projected by many to be eight, nine win teams this year. Vegas has their lines very similar. 
this game, when it comes to handing out bowls, may matter a lot, you know, come come first part of December. This could be an important ball game if these teams end up with similar records. Chuck, well, they all, where? you know, they all matter. They all matter in terms of bowl games. I don't know that, you know, sometimes when you're talking about a team's chances of, like, getting in the college football playoff, you know, um, when you lose matters and things of that nature. But, you know, Arkansas last year at 8-4 and four, uh, went to a Florida Bowl. Um, I think that, you know, the goal is always to go to a bowl down there. It's not that the other bowls aren't good. It's not that, you know, you'd, you'd say, I don't want to go to them. But I think you go into the season with the idea that, hey, we'd like to go to a Florida Bowl. Uh, you know, went to the Outback last year. Let's go to the Citrus Bowl. If can't go there, go to the Gator Bowl. Um, you know, let's let's let let's keep going to those bowl games. You talk about recruiting. You talk about your brand. You talk about um, you talk about all the things that make your program attractive. Uh, playing in a warm weather bowl climate's part of it. And um, this game and all games, you know, we're going to get to the BYU game, and we're going to be saying the same thing. We're going to get to Liberty in November, and we're going to be saying the same thing because we're you know a, a bowl game is going to be more in sight. At that point, it's not to be taken for granted, but I think that this team's going to have an opportunity to do that again. Let me say, if you end up with equal records or similar records, this might be the difference in which one goes to Jacksonville and who goes to to Nashville. All right, here's another hot take: South Carolina is not going to win as many games as the Razorbacks. I don't think we're going to have to worry about competing with South Carolina for a bowl spot. But you will have to worry about competing for Texas, and a lot of people right now have Texas in that next tier because I think a lot of people assume Georgia and Alabama are going to make the college football playoff. Who's going to be that third SEC team? A lot of Texas A and M, a lot of Kentucky. If you want to go to that next level, that next step, so you're saying three yeah. in the college football playoff? No, like in the BCS, like what would have been the BCS? Oh, okay, the top. Six, I guess. Yes, yeah. Yeah. New Year's so, Day game. The New Year's Day game. So, well, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think the battle for that is going to be determined by you know who's the third best team in the league, and, and that's where the big debate's been all preseason long. And I don't know that we're any closer to knowing yet. I mean, A and M didn't set the world on fire the other night; they shut them out, but they didn't set the world on fire. And um, again, people have done a lot of assuming on Texas A and M for the last year or two, and um, you know. Just hadn't worked out quite like they thought. They've As we up. manhandled them last year, we manhandled them. Yeah. If yeah. KJ doesn't get injured, that game's even bigger lopsided. They have an underrated game against Appalachian State too. Appalachian State took North Carolina the wire last week, and I know that North Carolina is a different team than Texas A and M. But uh, A&M North Carolina is terrible. And- North Carolina is horrible. A and M better not sleepwalk in that game, Chuck. Uh, they'll kill them. A and M beat them big. They can't match up with them on the line of scrimmage. North Carolina. Look, I like Coach February. I think he's a great guy. I loved him on TV. But um, 66-63, I think that was the score to App State. You're not a big-time football program when you're playing 66-63 against App State. I mean, who are you kidding? Depends on how your point guard did that day. Oh, well, oh wait, maybe wait, so. wait, wait, maybe that so. wasn't a basketball They must have missed score. a three-pointer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Tar Heels, you know, they let App State stay in yeah. that basketball game that's, a little bit too long. That's what it sounded like. Found themselves like. in a battle. 66-63. I thought you were telling you. said North yeah. Carolina. I, bet. I know. Yeah, exactly. So. Hey, you know, guys, we're, we're about to enter one of the most beautiful times of the year if you live in the state of Arkansas. And if you are a motorcycle rider, man, I see them all over the place in the fall. I'm in northwest Arkansas, and, and it's one of the most beautiful places to ride. I want you to think about whether you're a new or a seasoned rider bradford marine and atv they've got the new Riker motorcycle by can-am now 
the automatic transmission with this is what everybody raves about. State-of-the-art technology puts you in control of every curve out there. They've also got the 2023 Can-Am Spider motorcycle with that, that muscular design. I don't know if there's such a thing as a, muscular, a, a muscle motorcycle, but uh, this is it. They've also got special financing, no payments, no interest for the rest of the year. Visit Bradford Marine and ATV and start your Can-Am open road adventure. That's what I want to see you doing, Ty. I want to see that hair flowing in the breeze. I want that, that open road adventure. He looked like Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Oh, right? I know. That, Absolutely. Right that Man, Absolutely. I'm just picturing that image yeah. right now. I'll do it. I, uh, I Chuck, you might have in, in that, in that quick little uh, liner. Change your life, man. You'll be wearing leather chaps and all that stuff before you know it. There's like a midlife Bandanas. crisis. What's the what's the 27-year-old life crisis for me to just pull the trigger real quick? on a, I, I think I'd look pretty good in a motorcycle. Who knows? All right. I know we were talking about on Wednesday the issues that a lot of you had during the game. Well, apparently they're making modifications. They're trying to help you guys out. The ticket standards, they're trying to get them at maximum efficiency. They're trying to staff more people with troubleshooting and all that stuff. Are we going to see improvements on Saturday? Or do we have to wait till next week well, against Missouri State, Tommy? I hope you see more metal detectors so they can process people faster. Hopefully fans have got their phones and the tickets and how to scan them figured out. But then you need the, the scanners to work. So, I like to see them open the gates a little bit early. They may not announce that, but start processing people out. You don't need gate one, Chuck, backed up to below the football, uh, the indoor practice center. And that That's what happened last week is it's backed up, from what I heard, down to, to Bud Walton Arena. Oh, I suspect it'll be a lot better tomorrow. I think it's better dressed this week, and I would uh, be shocked if it's not a lot better tomorrow. Now, again, I mean, we've talked about this this week. If you... You know, if you're of the mind that I'm going to show up shortly before kickoff and just walk right in, it's probably not going to happen like that. But um, I'll bet it's a lot better tomorrow. Yeah, and from a university standpoint, getting an 11 a.m. game in week two to try to fix the problems from week one didn't help because everybody arrives in about an hour-and-a-half window. Well, now let me say this, folks. If you go looking for a problem, you'll find it. Oh, yeah. If 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 you go looking for an imperfection, you can find it. I've I've heard people this week talk about uh, the landmark folks, and, and and let me tell you something. I, I I deal with those people every week and have for years. The, these are good people. They're not trying to ruin your day. They're not trying to make your day worse. They got to answer to somebody too. And uh, most of the time, when they tell you to do something, it's because they've been told to make sure you tell those people to do that. And um, but again, you know, if you go looking for problems, you'll find them. There were some problems last week that deserved to be brought to the table, and they were. And I would be very shocked if there's not a vast improvement on that tomorrow. We've got to remember, these people that man the gates and take care of the part, this is not their full-time job. No, <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, this is uh, not what they uh, do for a living. You know? it, it is a uh, – and, and, and I can tell you I, I have the privilege of visiting with every – you know, not every one of them, but a lot of them and have for over the uh, over a number of years – these are good people who want you to enjoy your day. And I know sometimes it might not seem that way. But um, you can't always do everything you want to do. And sometimes somebody does need to say you might not ought to do that. And I realize that everybody gets frustrated. But um, these are good people.
Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.